0: I pray that you had a good week, pray the Lord to bless you, met your needs, and visit you each and every day. God is a good God, is he not? Amen. He is, each and every day. Now, again, I want to thank you, and I thank God for our safe trip, our vacation, There's nothing like taking your grandchildren and having the opportunity to spend time with them, share with them, because God and your family and your country, I can't think of anything more important. Have that time spend with your family. And I thank God each and every day that He gives me the opportunity to wake up. Someone asked me, said, how are you doing today? I said, well, I'm vertical. I'm sucking air. I looked in the mirror. I remember my name. Everything else is just icing on the cake after that. When you get a certain age, you realize a little hair turns, and it gets from dark to another shade. It's called white. And that happens with age. Does it not? Along with a few other things, called thinness too up there, but that's beside the point. If you have your Bibles are with you this morning, I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter 5 and begin with verse 12. Romans 5 and 12. It says, Therefore, just as through one man... Sin entered the world, and death through sin. And this death spread to all man, because all sin. Father, this morning, I ask you, Heavenly Father, to anoint your word, to touch these lips of clay, Father God, to minister your word this morning. Touch our hearts, God, to receive your word this morning. Those who may be watching streaming I pray, God, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Touch each and every heart in life. And let the word, Father, stir our innermost being this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen <clears throat> and amen. As I said a little earlier, I said I want to kind of minister this morning upon a word that is very popular in our society today. It's called choice. Everyone likes to have the choice of things. When well, you go to the supermarket, you look through, you like to have the choice of meats or products or whatever it may be. You have a right to choose, and in life is always choices. There is days when I worked, I had a choice to get up go to work or lay there in bed. Some days I felt like laying in bed. But I didn't have a choice because I had a family to take care of. So I had to choose to get myself out of bed and go forward and go to work. We all make choices. Even God himself makes choices. For God chose the creation of man. He said, "Let us talking to the Son and the Holy Spirit, the three in the Godhead." He said, "Let us make man in our image." God chose this for Himself to create man in His image, an image of holiness and spiritual righteousness, not so much as a outer shell that you now see, and we call human flesh, but the real you, the real me, the the soul and the spirit of man. And he did this. He created man. and And the scripture said that he breathed into Adam's nostrils. And Adam became a living soul. And then God also chose Adam to name the animals and the species. He gave him a mind. You ever stop and think about the mind that Adam had? When you look at an elephant, could you give it the name elephant? If you look at a hippopotamus, does the name hippopotamus fit the animal? All of these things that God chose to allow Adam to do. In the process of choice, God also chose to give Adam a helpmate, Eve, the mother of all living. She also made a choice in her life, a bad choice. And that choice led to another bad choice on the behalf of her husband. You know, as I said, husband, I didn't say roommate, I said, husband, he made a bad choice. Sometimes in life we make good choices and sometimes we make bad choices. How many ever made a bad choice? Nobody? Oh, okay. I know I made a few even as a kid growing up. You ever take a bicycle right up on a teeter-totter or a seesaw and try to balance it? That wasn't a bright choice. I did that. It wasn't a bright choice because I ended up falling. kind of got banged up. That was a bad choice. But it was my choice. I made that choice. See, God has given us a thing called a free will that we could choose in our life a path or direction that you and I may want to participate and go into. But also God has given us a mind and a conscience that we can think about the choice that we're going to choose and what we are going to do. And we go on and we read here in verse 13, it says, for until the law of sin was In the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, he said, death resigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had other sinned, according to the likeness of the transgressions of Adam, who is a type of him who was once to come. Talking about Jesus Christ. Adam had failed what God had intended. For man to live throughout all eternity. Adam was created never to die, but to live. And God's choice for your life or my life is that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly through him, through Jesus Christ. The second Adam, the first Adam, had a choice and he failed God. But the second Adam, through the creation of the virgin birth, the son of the living God, Jesus, chose himself. He said, Father, I will go. Christ himself made a choice. He chose to do the will of the Father. He chose to do what God had intended from the very beginning, that the creation of man shall live throughout all eternity and live forever, never to die And sin was never to be brought into the creation of man. But because of man's own ego and because of man's own choice, man fell short of what God intended from the very beginning. Just like you and I, we lots of times failed God. I have been serving the Lord by his mercy and his grace almost 48 years. And during that 48 years, I've always not made right choices even as a Christian. Because we're all human, and we come short of the glory of God. Even as Christians, and we want to please God, and yet we have the old Adam that lots of times wants to raise his ugly head in our spirit. Lots of times we'll get frustrated. We get angry. We have jealousy. We have envy. These things should not be. This is of the old Adam. That's why the new Adam, Jesus Christ, came to redeem mankind, that we have a choice. We can either march on and go forward and meet eternity without God. And pay the price of eternal damnation. For our soul because we refuse the grace of God and we refuse the mercy of God and we refuse the forgiveness and the love of God as well. People say, and I've heard people say, well, God will never send me to hell. You're right. God will never send you to hell. If you go there, you go there on your own because God has prepared and made a way And that is through Jesus Christ, His only begotten Son. That if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. That through the shedding of blood, Jesus Christ, that we may have forgiveness of sin and that we may enter into an eternal agreement with the Lord because, you see, Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for you and I. He is our intimator. He is our lawyer, if you will. He approaches the throne of grace, the judge, God himself, amen, whenever we fall short. Because, you see, if we sin, the Scripture says, if we sin, we have an advocate to the Father, which is Christ Jesus, the righteous. So even as saints of God, as Christians as born-again believers, we don't always make right decisions or right choices. Amen? Lots of times we have to go back and say, Lord, forgive me because I've done this or allowed this or because bitterness entered into my heart or anger entered into my heart, amen, or frustration or jealousy, or things of this nature, of that. little foxes that spoils the vine in our spiritual life, or we fail to do what the Lord has placed upon our hearts to do. If God speaks to your heart to do something, don't worry about it. God will make a way for it. God will never leave you out on a limb and cut it off. Sometimes that's where our faith comes in. Because you see, even if he puts you out there on a limb, and the limb breaks the lord will provide a cushion for the impact god always does we have choices to make in our life we can make good choices we can make bad choices samson made a bad choice by fooling around with a lady called delilah you see you're flirting around with sin sin and things of the world if you're not careful, they'll grab a hold of you. And they will pull you back in like a magnet. Samson found that out the hard way. It ended up costing him his life for a redemption when he called out to God to pull down the pillars of the great Colosseum. So choices in our life that we have to be careful about what we choose and how we walk and what we say. In Ephesians chapter five, verse one, it said, "Therefore be followers of God as dear children. Follow the Lord as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also have loved us and given Himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma or savior." But he said, "But fortification and all uncleanness of covetous, let it not be even be named among you." As fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So we have instructions in the Word of God how to conduct our life, how to live our life. The choice that we make, whether or not we be a poor Christian or a healthy Christian. There are poor Christians because they fail lots of time to obey the Word of God. We find sickness among the body, spiritually speaking and physically speaking. I'm not saying physical needs is because of sin in the body. That's not what I'm saying. But spirituality is another point. We can be healthy spiritually or we can be sick spiritually because we fail to do what the Word of God instructed us to do, to stay away from things that are unrighteousness. Things that are not pleasing unto God. Our attitudes, our lifestyles, where we go, what we do. We used to be a Santa uh, a few years back. What was it? What would Jesus do? WWJD, remember that? What would Jesus do? That's a good thing. That's a good thought. It really is. It's a good thought. It's a good choice. What would Jesus do? And I know Jesus always went among sinners. That's a good thing, because it's the sinners that need to be saved. Amen? If you're healthy, you don't need a physician, he said. But it's the unhealthy ones that need a physician. In other words, the lost and then the undone. Those souls, amen, that stands in balance between heaven and earth, between heaven and hell. Those souls need to be fed the word of God. That's why we come into the house of the Lord. That's why we always try to minister the word to encourage you to live a good, healthy, spiritual life that you'll have it within you that when you see needs of others that's lost and undone, that you can be a benefit to them, that you can help them, that you can shine the light to them to let them realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's through Jesus Christ in your life that you are who you are because without the Lord, you are nothing but as filthy rags in the eyes of God. You're you're unrighteous. We need to understand that we need to have a healthy life. We need to make the right choices as we walk with the Lord each and every day of our life. Choose life over death. It's just that simple. Our nation as a whole is choosing the wrong path. Our nation as a whole is going to the path that's leading to destruction. We, as saints of God, need to pray for our nation. We need to get a hold of God, amen? There need to be an awakening. There need to be a shaking. There needs to be a revival in the homeland. In 1937, there was a survey first given that said about approximately 73 people in America went to church once a week. I had an affiliation with a church and that, was for, that had been uh, about that area of 70, 75% for approximately six decades until about 1998, until 2020, it took another survey. And for the first time in the history of this country, it's around 47%. It has fallen within about 20 years from about 73 to 47%. What happened? Choices. that people has made in our society, choices because of being lied to. And a lot of it starts right here in the pulpit of churches across our nation. Because some pastors are afraid to, leave, to lose a tither or supporter, they want to sue them, they don't want to minister the truth and tell what the truth is. I didn't let me tell you something. I'd rather go to heaven and have one good church member than split hell wide open and have a a church membership of a church of 10,000 people if I'm not going to preach the truth and minister the truth according to the word of God. Choices that people make. We as a church need to rise up and realize that the word of God has not changed. The word of God will never change. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. His word will always stand throughout all eternity. And sin is still sin. That's something that a lot of preachers don't talk about anymore. They don't want to talk about sin because they feel as ministers that makes people in the congregation uncomfortable. Good! Good! It should make people in the congregation uncomfortable. How else can the Holy Spirit work in the hearts of and lives and break conviction if you don't preach on sin? How else are you going to get them to an altar and realize that they're lost and undone or they need a closer walk with the Lord and say, God, examine my heart, examine my heart. And Paul said for a man to examine himself daily. Each and every day we are to look ourselves in the mirror and say, Lord... Help me. For I need your help today. For I cannot do this on my own. I am weak. I am, a, I am nothing but a human flesh. That which has failed you from the beginning with my father Adam. And I am so sick and tired of hearing people even preachers said that we're all children of God. No, we're not. We're all children of Adam. But we're not all children of God unless you're born again. Then you're children of God. Preachers don't want to preach on that because it makes people too uncomfortable. Oh, we can't touch certain subjects anymore. Well, let me tell you something. In our schools, they're sure hitting on subjects that are so far away from the Word of God. It's unreal. I remember as a boy growing up when I went to school, we had prayer. We had to pledge allegiance. Even a teacher took a Bible and read scripture to us. Now today you can't do, oh no, oh no, you can't do that. You can't do that. What happened to our society? Well, it started with indoctrination from a man called John Dewey. Long ago. And it's so far and filtered our schools and our school system now instead of of teaching the three r's right and arithmetic they're teaching jane has two mommies or bob has two daddies church i remember i was i realized that the time is short and i realize jesus is coming and we need to be about the father's business and i know people say well this is all going to come to pass according to the scripture I understand that. I agree with you. God has a timetable and he has things in order and God's going to do what God's going to do. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that we have to sit back in the meantime and allow the devil to walk all over us and treat us as a doormat. We need to be careful about people that we place in power. Whether it's our school boards or our Congress or whoever. I'm not getting on a political band here. I'm talking about choice. I'm talking about what is right and what is wrong and what is sin. We need to understand that these days and times and hours we're living in, the devil is on a full rampage to take the hearts and minds of our young people. I don't want my grandchildren to be indoctrinated About ungodly things. I want my children to understand that God is God and that God loves them. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and died for them that they could have life and have a more abundantly through Jesus Christ by them accepting Him early in their life. It thrilled me when I saw my granddaughter up here on Easter Sunday being baptized. It thrilled me because she asked me, Papa, I want to be baptized. I, have my, I made my commitment to Christ. That thrilled me. Knowing my grandchild, and I had some influence in her life that she has made a commitment as a 19-year-old and a freshman in college that she wanted to serve the Lord and be an example. And she's already told me of, of some of the things that she has encountered in college. And then she said, Papa, I stood my ground. I said, good for you, honey. That's what you need to do. The truth will always prevail. And she looked at me. She says, you're right, Papa, because I told them the truth. And they they didn't have any argument to come back at me when I told them the truth. I said, the truth is the truth, honey, and it'll never change. You had a choice. You made the right choice. Stand for truth. You'll have an impact upon those around about you. They may make fun of you in a crowd. They may make fun of you behind their back with their friends. When push come to shove, I found a lot of guys that I worked with came to me and talked to me alone. They made mockery in front of me, and I knew they was only jesting. I took it as a grain of salt. I like water off the duck's back. I just went on. But I never belittled them. I never made fun of them. I prayed for them. At times uh, they come to me and talk to me and I had the opportunity to, to talk to them. This is what the choice I'm talking about, that Christ wants in our life, that we can live a life that man can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. They know that you are different. And really, why they mock and make fun of you that deep down they want what you have, but they're afraid or they're scared and they don't know how to go about it. Or the devil is just lying to them. And it's probably a little bit of all of it. But never be ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the choice I made to give my life to the Lord. Am I perfect? No. If I've asked God's forgiveness, if I've fallen short, yes. If i said, God, forgive me, yes. But a man of God will always be a man of principle. I am a man of principle. Right is right and wrong is wrong. I had a psychiatrist told me that one time. He said, you look at everything as black and white. I said, that's right. Because in a gray issue, you get into trouble. Because you see, when you start listening to the devil and getting that gray issue, then you begin to get doubts in your own mind. That's not what Paul Paul said, I am persuaded. Paul was persuaded in his faith and in his walk with God. He was rooted and grounded in the Word. His faith was strong. He knew who his Redeemer was and he loved the Lord. And he stood for righteousness and holiness. And he stood and he walked in faith. Faith being the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things yet not seen. But he was a man of principle. A man of God is always a man of principle. That does not mean that you cannot be a man of understanding and compassion and love because you're a man of principle. That means within your life that you know what is right and is wrong. That means righteousness prevails within your life. That doesn't mean that you mock people. It doesn't mean you put down people. It doesn't mean you make fun of people. That means that you hold them up. And realize that they're a part of God's creation and they got a soul, and that soul is going to spend eternity somewhere between heaven or hell. And it's up to you and I to make that choice that we can bridge the gap, that somehow we can reach them for the gospel's sake, that we could be an instrument, that we're going to be an ambassador. We can be an example. We can be the salt of the earth. We can walk with a head head held high, not in pride, not in puffiness, but in knowing who we serve in all humility and righteousness in our life, that we walk, that we make that choice, that we can lead others to Christ. Amen. That we can walk in the light. Be a part of that. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The word is instructing us to walk as children in the light. To lead others out of darkness into the light. To make that choice within your life. Amen. Amen that we can help lead others to the cross of Jesus Christ. To walk in wisdom, a man by the name of Solomon. He told God, he says, I I don't have the ability to come in and out. I I don't have the ability to rule such a vast people that you've given me. And that pleased the heart of God and because Solomon said that to God, God says, I'm going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you understanding like no man has ever received before. And he says, because you didn't ask for riches or a long life or victory over your enemies, he says, I'm going to give you riches anyway. I'm going to give you a long life anyway. I ask the Lord to help me, to give me understanding of people around about me. Not to make fun, not to mock, but realize, again, they have a soul, and I pray for them. I try to encourage them, to be a, a benefit to them. I once had a young man, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, I'm saying this because of the mercy and the grace of God, and what God wants us to do in our life. Every time this young man would come to church, people would kind of get on his case, how come you ever been here, what's this, What that, and... I always met him with a handshake and hugged his neck and smiled and told him I love him and I I missed him. And it was a while longer after that, he he came to me one time and he says, the reason why I came back to the Lord, brother, because of you. He said, you're the only one didn't jump onto me. You're the only one didn't criticize me. You always showed me love. You always showed me that I was welcome. You never said a negative thing. This is what I'm talking about, choice, seeing the needs of people in our life because we all have needs. Do we not? We all have needs in our life, and our our spiritual walk with the Lord should be evidence of that in our walk with Him. Yes, I realize that we're human. We get frustrated at things. We get upset at things. I'm just as human. I I get frustrated too. Sometimes I get even angry. And then I have to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. There's even have been a few times, a few times, I even had to apologize to my wife. But it's the choices that we make in our life. And I see the choice that our nation is choosing, trying to undo our founders, trying to undo our country, trying to turn it completely upside down to what you and I know what it should be. We're the only thing that really holding this thing together, glued together. If we don't pray for our nation, who's going to? If we don't pray for our leaders, who's going to? Even those i totally disagree with. So anti-God, they spew hatred and bitterness and strife out of their mouth each and every day. You hear them on the news, you read them in the paper. You see the bitterness and the anger because five people decided, you know what? I think that which a woman is carrying could be a human being. Duh, you think? I heard someone say, you know, all those ladies out there are so demonstrating against what the Supreme Court said. One lady said, I thought it was a smart remark to her credit. She says, isn't it amazing how all these ladies are criticizing the Supreme Court because of an abortion, and yet their mothers decide to have them? That's the reason why they're here, to protest. If their mother made the same decision that they want others to make, they wouldn't have been here. I thought you are right. But I think 63 million unborn children, I think it's about time somebody tried to put a screeching halt to as much as possible. Our nation is going to be judged on the choices it has made over the years. Good and bad. A lot of bad choices through our history. Still people making bad choices. But we are trying to do that which is right. For the people that love God... Try to do that. Make amends. Make things right. And see that all, as I say, all people are created equal in the eyes of God. God didn't make little eyes and big U's. God made the creation of all mankind. And I don't care who you are. What color your skin is. What your bank account is. How tall you are. How thin you are or anything else about you. If you're a human being, and you're sucking air, you're created in the image and the likeness of God, and Jesus Christ paid the price that you might have life, eternal life through him, and have it more abundantly through him, that we're all created equal in the eyes of God, and I thank the Lord every day that we are, that Christ died for me, And Christ died for you. No matter who you are, or where you come from, or anything about you, Jesus Christ died and paid the way for you. That you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. I'm glad this morning to know the Lord is my personal Savior. I'm glad for His mercy and His grace. I'm glad for each and every one of you that's here this morning that know the Lord, that I could call you my brother and sister in Christ. I'm looking forward to spending eternity with you. That's right. You're going to have to look at me for eternity. Can you handle that? I told my wife that, and she just gave me that look. I said, you've been putting up with me all these years? You're going to have to put up with me throughout all eternity. But that's, what we do, church, we make choices in our life. Our nation are make control. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our teachers. We need to pray for our children. I don't want my child indoctrinated or my grandchildren indoctrinated with garbage. I want them taught history and I want it taught right. I want them taught reading and math and arithmetic and things that will help them, nurture them, amen, that they may grow up, be good, productive citizens that they will love this country, love one another, love each and every one that they come in contact with or whoever they go to school with or whoever they associate with or whoever they live next door with. I want my children to be fulfilled. I want them to be happy. I want to have an enjoyment in their life. I want them to have a good life, a productive life, and be a credit to society and to our nation. And to God, that when they stand before the Lord, I want God to say to my children or my grandchildren, or my great grandchildren, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because you've been faithful over a few things, I'm going to make you ruler over many. That's why I want to hear God say to all you, to all your family. But we need, as a church, to really pray. And get a hold of God. And that's why we have prayer meetings a Tuesday at 12 o'clock. I pray that you'll be here. If you can't be here, pray at home. Pray every day at home. Talk to God. Get along with the Lord. I like to just go down in the garage, get away from everything, open the garage door. And days like this, sit out there just in a nice, easy chair and just talk to God. Like I'm talking to my best friend because he's my best friend. By the time Baker comes come downstairs the boy, who are you talking to out there? I'm talking to the Lord. I treat him like my, like my brother. Treat him like my best friend. I talk to him. That's the kind of relationship we need to have with one another and with the Lord that we serve each and every day, church. We need to make the right choices in life that we can be a blessing unto others. I'm still here because God has allowed me to be here. And as long as God allows me to be here, I want to be a blessing to you. You understand what I'm saying? I want to be a blessing to you. I want to say something to encourage you and to bless you. I pray for you. I want you to know that. I pray for you. I pray that God would minister to you and meet your needs according to his riches and glory. I pray for those who don't even come to this church anymore. I pray for them. Those that's gone by the wayside. Those that are not where they should be with God. I pray for them. I pray God the Holy Spirit would draw them back. Because I realize Jesus is coming, church. He's coming soon. And we need to be about the Father's business. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And in closing. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Abides forever. The world is fading. The world is going. As the old saying is, "Going to hell in a handbasket." But the word of God abides forever. God abides forever. His mercy will abide until the rapture of the church. Today, God shows. The human race mercy. Tomorrow he's going to be their judge. Let us stand. A gracious father, I pray God, something was said and done this morning to touch hearts to draw us closer to you. and God, as human beings, we're frail, we're fragile, we're not perfect. We make mistakes, we choose sometimes the wrong things, even as Christians. God, help us to be man enough or woman enough to ask forgiveness and accept your forgiveness. Help us, Father, Lord, that we could go on and do your will. Walk before you uprightly. Not in proud spirit, but all, with all humility. As John said, as he looked upon your son, Father, coming, he said, I must decrease that he may increase. And I say to you, Father, this morning, I must decrease that you can increase in my life through the Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that you would touch hearts and lives that's here today. If anyone's lost and undone, I pray, Father, you place conviction upon the heart and let them realize how much you love them and how much you care. I pray, Father, Lord, for our families. Those that's lost and undone, those not where they need to be with you. I pray, Father, you speak to their hearts and lives. I pray, God, Lord, for the this week that you go with each and every one of us, God, and strengthen us. Touch us, God, with your spirit. Draw us closer to you. Help us, God, to be the vessel and instrument, God, you would desire and want us to be. Lead us, Father. Help us, God, to lead others to Christ. Help us, Father, Lord, to be a blessing to someone this week to shine the light of your mercy and your grace. Help us now touch the body of Christ. Bless the church, God, spiritually, physically, financially. Bless the financial needs, the obligations of the house of God. Touch our pastor. Touch his wife, our first lady. Touch her and heal her body, God, from surgery, Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Hmm. Lord, just impressed me. Sister Joyce, would you come up here, please? As a former first lady of the church, I'd like for her to stand in for Sister Melissa for a speed of recovery and healing of her body. Would you just reach your hand forward up here? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as Sister Joy stands in proxy, God, for the pastor's wife, Sister Melissa. God, I pray, Father, this morning for divine healing, God, for Sister Melissa's body. Oh, For divine healing, God, in her body, God, from the top of her head, God, to the soles of her feet. Minister to her, Father, today. Oh, God, be merciful. God, heal her body and make her whole. Touch her, Pastor God. Give him a double portion, God, of your anointing God upon his heart and his life. To lead in God the body of Christ as a shepherd. Be with him, God, and walk with him each and every day, God. Help him, God, strengthen him, God, physically in his body, his mind, his soul, his spirit. Bless this body of believers, God. Meet all their needs, God, according to your riches and glory. Touch the pastor, touch Sister Melissa, touch the children. Anoint and touch and heal and strengthen and uplift, God. Draw us together, God, as a family to love unconditionally to care, to love, and to minister to one another. God, with all blessings and all hope in Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. You're dismissed. Go with God. He'll go with you. God, love you, appreciate you, love you. Pray for the pastor. Pray for one another. Pray for our nation. Pray for our community. God bless you.